Welcome to the Gamers Over 50 podcast, episode 31. All good tournaments have a winner. And a lot of other people who had fun playing the game. Especially this guy. Because I did. I actually had a lot of fun as we finished this up. And when I was writing my notes and I was going through the games and getting all the history in each game, it was really interesting to think. I mean, we probably played, and I am not just throwing this out there, but we probably played a good seven to 10,000 years of game history um, in there. And it was a lot, a lot, a lot of, uh, of fun for us. We had a great time. We really enjoyed it. So let's just jump in. Next game we played was the Game of Life, but it actually was Game of Simpsons Life. So Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, Maggie, Mr. Burns, everyone. Uh, Simpsons Life is fun. I am a huge Simpsons file, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But the Game of Life, or simply known as Life, was actually created in 1860 by Milton Bradley. So this is like, you know, not created by, Mil- by you know, some guy and bought by Milton Bradley. This is actually created by the guy, Milton Bradley, the man. Um, I've actually thought about doing a podcast of the history of game makers and using some new guys, new folks, because there's some really amazing people. And then going back and looking at Milton Bradley. And I bet you there's a bunch of horrible stories where he likes sold, bought games for people for nothing. You never know. Um you might have, you might not have. Who who knows, really, in the long haul. But it was created, and it was really considered, air quote, America's first popular parlor game. Now, everyone is probably going, oh, cool, a parlor game. What's a parlor again? And a parlor used to be like this front room where you would take guests. And that means guests did not come in your house. So, like, where, you know, my kids, when people would come over, kids would come over. There would be kids all through my house, except for in my bedroom and my bathroom, because those are sanctimonious, at least sanctified by myself. Anywho, and my wife, and, you know, nobody wants to see my towels. They're same as everybody else's. Anywho, you know, this is really one of those games that uh, you would play, and it takes you from your game of your life, or you start potentially going to college to work to retirement It has jobs, marriage, children, investment. Um, it's a lot of fun. And there's actually variants that can accommodate 10 people, which I'm going to be really honest Four people, the little spinning of the wheel in the middle of the game of life. Yeah. One game was about enough for me. Uh, of course we've been playing a lot of games, so it might have been time. Now, game was created in 1860. In 1960, it was actually redone and, co- you know, it was redesigned um, by Reuben Klamer. And it was hardly endorsed by Art Linkletter. Now, if you don't know who Art Linkletter is, he was a guy who would endorse stuff, right? Um, I try to think, I, I kind of count him as like, you know, maybe somebody today, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, maybe um, somewhere up there. But, you know, it's one of the few games that is in the Smithsonian's. American history, and it was inducted also in the the National Toy Hall of Fame. So what's kind of cool about the game is that the newer version has little mountains and houses, and you kind of move your little car through everything, and it's fun, and your person gets married, and, you know, there's, you know, you can have kids, and they 
put the little pegs of the people in the car and it's great. Now, there are over 25 variations on life. And I mean, when I say that, I mean like games. I think there's a Game of Thrones one. I always go to Game of Thrones because it just seems easier anymore. But there is a Simpsons one, one we play. Um, and there's, you know, there's other versions. I think there's a Harry Potter one. I'm sure there is. There's Harry Potter, everything. Um, but the Simpsons one that we played is a lot of fun. And it's great because as you're going through, you're going through some of the, the episodes of the longest running TV show out there. And there's just, it's the funny stuff. Like, you know, you get a job and you're working at the Quickie Mart or you're a teacher or you're Mr. Burns Lackey or, you know, your doctor. And then the houses, you could live with Patty and Selma or Homer's family. You could live in Mr. Burns mansion. You could live in a boat where the sea captain is. So really cool, a lot of fun. And, you know, in life, and it's not just because it was created at that date, but life seems like one of those games when you're a kid, you, know, you kind of start out in checkers and you move up and you maybe play shoots and ladders and candy land. And you eventually graduate to games like monopoly and life. And then, you know, some folks, if you're got to kept playing the, the game, the board game and stuff, you moved up to risk and stratego, but life is kind of one of those games. that's everybody's played. Um, it's one of those games that, you know, you'd get at a birthday party. It's like, all right, the game of life. And, you know, it's, it's not like Monopoly. It doesn't take days. There is a start. There is a finish. You can be done. Um, a lot of fun doing it. Again, that little spinner in the middle, if they ever came up with a digital thing, that'd be so awesome because it falls off. People put it in. They don't spin it all the way around. I know. First world problems, pains that everybody has, but it is, you know, it makes a clicky noise that I'm remembering in my sleep now. Um, <laughs> so again, we love playing this game the very first time we bought it, which was, gosh, gotta be like 10 years ago. And we've played it all the time. So it was a fun game. It was silly. It was a nice break because after that, we went and watched some Simpsons and then we watched some more Simpsons and stuff like that. So really good, good time with that. So we went into another game, and the next game is a dice game, and the next game is Farkle. And if you haven't played Farkle, which can be spelled F-A-R-K-L-E or F-A-R-K-E-L, it is a dice game um, that is also being called similar to 1,000, 5,000, 10,000. Um, there are so many names for it. Uh, Cosmic, Wimp Out, Greed, Hot Dice, Squelch. Zilch, Zonk, Skus, Baba, Nadizada, and La Papa. Lots of names for Farkle. Um, but it's 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 a folk game, right? And they think that this game probably, you know, some people are saying it goes back to the 80s. It's been marketed since the mid-90s. But again, it's another dice game. Um, the cool thing is, is they have pocket Farkle, so you could it's just six dice. Oh, you need six dice and a piece of paper. Not even a piece of paper. You can use a phone. They have all those types of things out there. Um, and the, the rules are so simple. I mean, the rules sit on a note card or like a business card. You can write the rules. You can actually write the rules and play the game. So, you know, it's a fun game. I learned when I first moved into the Northwest, I'd never heard it before. And people were like, Hey, let's play some Farkle. Like, all right, you know, having a glass of wine, let's have some Farkle too. Never played it. It's a dice game. Yay. Um, it did bring up my fears of Yahtzee. I think I talked about Yahtzee in the last one. But what's interesting about Farkle is it also has an elevate ele element of gambling that's in it. Because with those six dice, you roll them. And if you get points, 
and you can be getting a point by a 1 or a 5. A 1 is 100, a 5 is a 50. Or if you get multiples, so 3, 4 of a kind, 3 pair, you get a straight, 2 triplets, 5 of a kind, 6 of a kind, all have points in them. And as you, let's say um, I roll my dice and I get it's 6 dice and I roll 3 ones and 3 fives. I now have 450 points because of that. Oh, I'm sorry, three ones and three fives would be 800 points because fives, 500, ones, 100. And I'm um, going through that. I then get to re-roll all the dice. Now, let's say I only got three ones and two fives. All right, I have 400 points. I can either take that or I can roll again. So Farkle's super easy. Again, if you, if you want to get six dice, so now six dice, you can play Yahtzee, and you can play Farkle. You can play two dice games in there. Again, that goes right into those uh, rules. And there are several other dice games that we'll talk about. Um, or I think I've got one more I talked about. Um, the other thing about Farkle is that it has a huge, huge amount of statistical analysis built into it. And people have checked the level of probabilities. Now, again, Farkle, dice games, craps, you know, other dice games that you can bet on, uh, you know, there is an ability to figure out which dice or which roll you're going to get. So I will tell you that a five of a kind is one in 259 rolls. So like a Yahtzee with six dice would be one in 259. Um, we really like Farkle a lot. And we don't dislike Games Rounds. I don't either. I'm just not a fan of Yahtzee. Yeah, but my family plays a darn thing so many hours. I think I said it before. And the repetitive drives me silly. Like Yahtzee, and we're playing, and we're trying to get to it, and how do we add the points? Oh. But Farkle is one of those easy-to-play games that if we're bored, we can play Farkle. Now, what's also kind of cool is if we're playing, say, a game like Backgammon, we just go grab the Farkle dice, leave the Backgammon, you know, chips in, roll the Farkle dice on that. It's easy to play. You can play it, again, like I said, before Trivial Pursuit, on a plane, you can play it in a car, there's Pocket on the phone, um, I think it's got a great level of gambling, a great level of decision-making, a great level of, you know, counting that goes into it. Um, but, you know, the dice can be a cruel mistress. And there are people in our house that unfairly roll really well. They're not me, but there are other people who roll really well. Um, and while I love Farkle, I did not do well in the Farkle part of the tournament aspect, which is fine perfectly fine. I can't win everything. I'm okay with it. Obviously, I'm still talking about it, and that was like two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> All right, on to our next game. So, I'm going to start with the basis of the next game, which is Uno. Now, Uno is one of those Crazy 8-type games, and if you ever played Crazy 8s, again, if you have a deck of cards, there you go. Uno, Crazy 8s, Crazy 8s, Rummy. Um, if you need card game questions and you just have one deck of cards reach out i will give you a large set and you can develop your own tournament maybe the tournament of cards all right with that uno was actually developed in 1971 uh, by a guy named merle robbins in redding ohio which is a suburb of cincinnati i've actually been there it's really really nice little area um i hadn't been there to go see where the uno was developed it was just one of those things that i happened to find out about um, but he actually, you know, spends some money to create his own game and he created 5,000 copies and he would sell this out from his barbershop and then local, local businesses began to sell it, you know, and later he sold the rights to a group of friends. Um, 
which is really interesting is his group of friends. One of the guys was a funeral parlor owner and, you know, basically said, Hey, give me 50,000 bucks. And then you know, 10 cents per game. If you get 10 cents per every single Uno game out there, I think you're doing okay. Or I hope you're doing okay. Cause I, I know we have like six versions of it. Cause my kids keep buying this one. So the specific game we're going to talk about, is actually called Uno Flip, and it's a new type of Uno. What's really kind of cool about it is same old concept of Uno, except for there's a card called the flip card. And what happens is when you get the flip card, you turn your hand around. One hand has a, like a white edging. The other hand has dark edging, and you just turn it over. I think it's black edging, so white and black. I wish I'd put that game on my desk because it's fun to look at too. Um, but you turn it back and forth. So, you know, day and night kind of thing, or however you want to count it. But Uno, again, Uno Flip has the same amount of cards. There are a few extras, like, you know, plus four skip turn, things like that. Um, and the great side, and actually the way they put it, is you can play nice with the light side of action cards or spice things up with the dark side of action cards. Uno having a spicy side. That is kooky. Anywho. With that, we have Uno Flip, and this is a great, fun game. We actually played several hands. We did it the same way I said before, rock, paper, scissors, top two, bottom two. Whoever wins plays, whoever loses plays, got to play a lot of it. Um, you know, Uno is not considered probably my fun favorite fun game because out of four kids, every single one of them has wanted to play Uno. Again, I like playing Rummy or Spades and other fun card games. Uh, phase 10, now that I know about it. Uh, but we've, you know, we've played a lot of the, you know, I've played a lot of Uno in my lifetime. Not a fan of the repetitiveness. But it where, you know, my kids love this game and it's ease and it makes it a little crazy for me. They love it. They enjoy it. It teaches them basic strategy. Um, they can win. It's not one of these games where it's strategic and I can like play checkers and work them into a corner um, or trick them out of playing, you know, selling me a property in certain games we haven't talked about yet. Um, anywho, it is one of those games that they really all. Now, it's the kind of game, again, that you can play with a group of people. You can play it when it's raining. You play it when it's sunny. We have, we actually, I think, have a, uh, a waterproof version that our kids swim and they can play it. The swim bright. So, you know, a little tournament note is I did get my butt kicked in this game and I didn't get just kicked. I mean, I got handfuls of cards each time when people were going out. It was not fun. It was not enjoyable. Um, we actually did play a game where all four of us played and I still lost. I just wasn't good at this. So I'm going to move on to the next game with that. Now, the next game is, again, one of those games that we got just right before everything was closing down, we were being told to stay inside. Um, it's called Dicey Goblins. And what's cool about this, again, a whole other dice game. That's right. We like dice games in our house. I guess a uh, Baptist would not enjoy living anywhere near me at any point in time. And I'm okay with that. You know, I like my dice games. I don't really want to press them on anybody. But Dicey Goblins is a ton of fun because 
It's, and per their site, it's a pressure luck dice game in which players take on a roll of golems stealing dragon eggs. So, okay. So each time you try to steal as many of these eggs and you want to convert them into gold coins and you get the coins and whoever has the most of these, uh, or sorry, you have the, sorry, dragon converting those two, but you go and get your dragon eggs and whoever has the most um, after six rounds or who's collected at least 18 eggs which is not they're not difficult but it's gonna take you like four or five rounds to do it now wins and you know this is goblins stealing eggs and you know again like i said before i have i love the fantasy kind of games uh again peter jackson please put me in one of your uh movies but you know as i was playing i started naming some of my dice and you know i had a you know grizzle bump I had Serena, and of course, the most popular of all goblin names, John Oliver. And I am just kidding, because I love John Oliver. I think he's a treasure. And I just recently found out that guy saved Marble Racing. If you haven't watched Marble Racing, I'm not doing a podcast on it. Just go go watch the videos. It's it's interesting enough. It's kind of mesmerizing after a while. But again, um, you know. John Oliver, how do you not love him? It's, it's again, quintessential goblin name. Um, hopefully he does not put me on last uh, last week tonight, I think it's called. I love his show. I can't even remember his show. I watch it all the time. But, anyway. but you know, going through this, Dicey Goblins is great because, it, again, fantasy. Goblins, dragons, eggs, trying to get the eggs. Um, it is not your normal, we're going to go around a board game. It is a, we have a bunch of stuff in the pot and we need to get it out of the middle of the pot game, which is fun. Um, we really enjoyed it because, you know, like I said, it has a level of fantasy. It's a dice game. Dice games are big in our house. Uh, you can name your characters, like we said, and, you know, we finished up and we see who had as many dragon eggs. We are kind of fans of dragons in this house, so... Not as much as goblins, but probably dragons more than goblins. But again, like I said, it was also one of the last games we picked up before we were stuck inside. All right. The next game is, again, a newer game, um, but it isn't the newest game. We've actually had this for a while, and you've probably seen this game. And if not, it is a fun game to play with kids, especially. It is Sushi Go. So... I think I've talked about Sushi Go before, or I've shared the like, hey, Sushi Go is a great game. But, you know, pass the sushi in this fast-paced playing card game. The goal is to grab combinations of sushi dishes. Um, you're going to score points by making combinations and building those sushi dishes out. And this is a really fun game because you're if you're playing this game with your kids, uh, you can teach it to them in five, game, five minutes. Sorry, five minutes. It's very portable. It can be played almost anywhere. And I know we talked about this in another podcast. I'm just kind of reading a couple of notes out of it. And it is a fun game that I, I could take to work or I could take on a plane. And I have. And we've played Sushi Go with friends. Um, that's why we own two copies because I think somebody spilled a drink on one of them. Uh, you know, and made it made one of the color, the cards smell a little funny. Um, anywho. It is a fun game. We really enjoyed it. In fact, afterwards, we had to, like, you know, within the next day or two, we're like, oh, we really want some California rolls. We need to go either make them and or we need to go buy some, which we eventually did go buy some California rolls. Uh, with, but Sushi Go is the next game. It's a fun game. Again, no dice were involved, so I wasn't losing my mind rolling six dice at a time. 
All right. Again, I apologize. We just play a lot of dice games with house. The next game is an oldie but a goodie, and it is backgammon. Now, backgammon is actually considered one of the oldest board games out there, and it can be traced nearly 5,000 years. Now, you probably were going, hmm, Mitch, I don't, you said something about you were, we were going to be going really far in the future, and we're going to have all these games that were like, you know, up to 7,000 years and stuff, and, well, we needed one big one right before the end to get us there, and it's backgammon. Um, but archaeologists have discovered in backgammon in Mesopotamia. Um, what's great about backgammon? Two-player game. 15 pieces, you can use checkers, they call them men, ladies, and you move them across a triangle board. I have seen people play backgammon on a beach. I've seen people play backgammon in a dirt road. I've seen people play backgammon on a piece of paper with uh, not perfect pieces, but, you know, different kinds of pieces or candy. Is they're playing, you just can't eat the candy when you're doing that. Uh, it's really a lot of fun. And it's a strategy and luck game. And I say it's a luck game because you're given two dice. And what's crazy about it is you're going to roll those dice. And you're going to get different combos of dice. And there are some people who can roll like double sixes, which is the best roll in the game. There's people who roll double ones, which is not the best roll in the game. In fact, you know, like a two and a five are better than that. Um, but you go back and forth as you're playing. Again, like chess, like back, uh, like you know, other games we talk about, Backgammon has checkers. This was studied by computer scientists, and they've developed software that is able to beat humans. Now, what's crazy about this is that it's, you know, I'm going to go into the kind of the reason why Backgammon's out there, but it's just one of those games that you're just sitting there and you're going, all right, I need to have this many rolls or this many dice have to have this number to get all these pieces from one side of this board, from the two that are over there, all the way around as I roll them in and I bring them, air quotes, in. Now, I'm not going to discuss the doubling cube, the Jacoby rule, the Crawford rule, the Holland rule, the Murphy rule, the beaver or the raccoon variant. Instead, I want to discuss a little bit about how this is a race to the finish. And like I said, if a tinge of luck for getting double sixes and not double ones, like I said, it's very important. And if you haven't played backgammon before and you have a tablet or you have a PC, you can throw the backgammon game on there. Great game. A lot of fun. Um, but you need to get a certain number before you get to the end. And what's cool is some of the backgammon kits, you can carry around a little briefcase. It's you feel kind of cool, really awesome kind of stuff. So as a tournament note, we did this. Uh, we played this game again, like I said before, rock, paper, scissors, two people. Um, again, this is a huge statistics game in my head. I'm sitting there going, all right, I got a five and a six. Great. That's 11. I actually know the number. You have to figure that one out on your own for bringing all your pieces in, what you would need to roll. But it was a great game. It's easy for our kids to play. It is fun. Again, like checkers, every so often they're getting close to beating me. All right, number 19 is, tongue-in-cheek, Pandemic. The game Pandemic. Now, I didn't pick it. One of my kids picked it. I explained to them, you're picking Pandemic and, you know, what's going on. And they were like, well, but we like this because we solve the mystery. It's not we're dealing with the mystery. And there's games where you try to get away from zombies. Um, but I actually reviewed Pandemic before. 
we were talking about board games. And per BGG, pandemic is several viral diseases have broken out simultaneously over the world. Players, a disease-fighting specialist whose mission is to tr- treat the hotspots, research cures, etc. Pandemic's a great game. And in fact, it was a good game for our mood because, you know, there's very little that a common person who does not have, you know, treatment in, in biology or chemistry or anything that's going on. I don't have any of that. Um to play but you know this is it was uh it was a little difficult for me on the mood because i'm like you know what i just want things to be fixed i want my friends who are older my friends who have asthma or friends who have you know autoimmune diseases to not be concerned and want them to go to the grocery store and you know i want to go see them and do stuff with them and hang out with them and right now i can't do those kind of things and you know i will tell you this by the end of the game i was really excited Again, this is one of those games that I've just not been able to figure it out. I haven't figured out the trick yet. I will soon enough, and I'll be good at it. But, it, you know, it. we took a couple-day break after this game because of the last game, <clears throat> when you find out what it is here in a second. And I have five minutes to go till we hit the 30 minutes part. Um, it, it is great. So, Pandemic, you know, it was fun. The kids won. The kids loved it. They're in good moods. Me... Uh, you know, it reminded me of too much. And I was like, eh. but again, if you've never played it, it is a really fun game. Probably not while you're dealing with a pandemic, but all right. So the last game is the game I haven't talked about yet. I've said a lot about it. I made fun of it, but it's Monopoly. And we actually play a different kind of variation in our house because old school Monopoly is easy but I like to buy fun, weird games. So we played Rick and Morty Monopoly. Now, if you don't know who Rick and Morty are, I'm going to give you a little heads up on who they are in a second. If you know who they are, you realize that uh, it's actually, if you know me, this is kind of the only way I'll play Monopoly anymore. Um, But, you know, I think Monopoly could have its own podcast because Monopoly is Monopoly is Monopoly. Um, but Rick and Morty Monopoly is the same board, different pieces, and a lot of funny name squares, except for Pluto, because Pluto isn't a planet anymore, unless you watch Rick and Morty, then it's a, you know what kind of planet. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Rick and Morty. My kids have never, two of my kids have never seen Rick and Morty, two of them have. Um, is a cartoon. It is considered an adult cartoon with a lot of weird sci-fi stuff and cursing and lots of butts, including my favorite butt reference is hamster in butt worlds where hamsters live in butts. I know you'll have to just figure it out in your head. Additionally, it's on Cartoon Network. It's a part of their adult swim late night cartoon shows. Um, it's loosely based on back to the future. The characters kind of like that. Um, I've also cosplayed as Rick and one of our kids has cosplayed as Morty, and my wife has cosplayed as Rick's daughter, Beth. Yes, that's as weird as it sounds. Rick has blue hair. Everybody else pretty much looks normal in this. Okay. Now, I don't want to go deep into Monopoly, but like I said, Monopoly is that quintessential board game. People have played Monopoly for very long times. When we know we're going to be in the house for a while, I actually forced Monopoly to be the last game we played because I knew four people playing Monopoly and taking away bartering and deals except for one time per game, the entire game. You can only do one per person. 
would actually make this more of like a destination kind of game. <laughs> like when you finally get there, you're so happy you win. And you're so happy, or if you're actually, I should say you're so happy when you lose and you can step away from the table. But this game took us several nights. And I'm saying several because it was more than three. And it got to the point where people wanted to quit. And I had to keep bribing and saying, hey, if we can play four or five more rotations, we'll go to Dairy Queen or I'll make ice cream or, you know, you guys can have anything in the refrigerator that has chocolate in it. Um, but did that. You know, this was the, uh, you know, the, the game. It took, like, like I said, forever, but also helps drag us out. Now, I really wish I could have ended off the tournament with a game that had a fantastic ending, a tale that everyone was super happy and excitement and brought us to elation. But it's not like that. Monopoly is a set of movements. You're just moving towards trying to beat everybody else. And eventually it just happens. The kids wanted to quit. Now, I talked a lot like Rick. Morty. If you have never seen Rick and Morty, you have no idea what I just did. Um, I also did do a lot of things. In fact, John Oliver's voice has been on Rick and Morty. A lot of people, Nathan Fillion has been on there. In fact, even the great Alfred Molina has been there. I cannot do a good Alfred Molina or Nathan Fillion. But if you guys want to get on the podcast sometime, please join. Um, but it was a huge distraction because I made a lot of jokes. We did a lot of silly jokes. We did a lot of burping and farting jokes. Ha, 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 ha. Now, from this, where do we go? Well, we played the 20-game tournament. I think what would be more fun, like on a Saturday, Sunday, in the future, or maybe Memorial Day is coming up, is to play a five-game tournament. No major big board games. No life. No pandemic. No Catan. No Monopoly. Yahtzee. Farkle, Age of War, there's tons of operation. There are tons of games you can totally play. If you don't have those kind of games and you have some video games, add some video games in. I also want to do a video game kind of thing. And we have a lot of video game systems. So look forward to that. And thank you for listening about all the tournament games that we played. It was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it.